Hey, everybody, it's Dave here from Vikings First and Skull. Next to me is my partner in crime. We've been doing this quite a while. Mr. Darren Campbell, another blogger from way back when the Internet was new. That's right. Today, we're discussing on two old bloggers, three themes as usual. The first one is going to be a very, very interesting one. Are the Vikings falling behind in the NFC North? The NFC North looks to be getting more and more competitive. Do we like that? Do we think it's going to continue? We're going to have to find out. Second one. Is Quasi doing a good job? Hey, that's all related to the first one. Are we keeping up with the Joneses? Was he hamstrung in his first year? Has the second year improved? Will the third year be even better? We'll find out. And then we'll wrap it all up with our positional reviews. This week, the running backs. And boy, do we need some help there. Whether it be from Coach O'Connell or some running backs with talent. All coming next on Vikings First and Skull presents This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. And I want to welcome everybody that's in the chat. There's a ton of you already, and I haven't posted up a single one. But we are grateful that you are here from Mr. Bob Swede to KFoot, KFT. We have Harmsy joining us. Good to see you, Harmsy. Raymond, Anthony. And who else am we missing? Chi-Town Vikings. Good to see you, my friend. We are about the same age and feel the same about this team. Then there's Chuck Lewitt. Litwin. Sorry, buddy. Welcome to the show. The doc is in the house as well. Aaron down here in chilly Austin. Not that it's real chilly compared to what it is above the Arctic Circle. To tell us about it, my partner, right over here on the viewer's left, Darren Campbell. How are things up in the Great White North? Oh, awesome, Dave. We're out of the deep freeze now, so life is pretty good. Just looking forward to watching football today, and thanks to everybody who's taking a break from the, the Baltimore-Houston game right now or watching us and watching the, the Baltimore-Houston game at the same time. Don't, don't care what you do as long as you tune in to us. <laughs> That's right. And multitasking is wonderful. Um, <laughs> we need to get this going with theme one. As I scroll down. Oh, no, we <laughs> suck again. Oh, that's a harsh take, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh it did i did want to yeah i wanted to address the uh the nfc north and the state of it right now dave because with um then we got lots of comments already some good ones for sure lots of good ones but um for the nfc north got created i think in 2002 the first 21 years of the division it's been that team from wisconsin's division all right. Uh, they were really the only one that the Vikings had to worry about most of the time. Uh, they had 12 divisional titles in those 21 years. The Vikings had the second most with five, and then the Bears had had four. But really, I think it's fair to say that the Vikings were pretty much the second best team in the division 
during those first 21 years, uh, we were, we were either, um, we were in playoff contention a lot, uh, even if we didn't get to the playoffs all that much. Uh, the Bears, as you said, had those four divisional titles, but they didn't tend to be competitive other than those four years that they, that they, that they won the division. Uh, but uh, so, you know, that team from Wisconsin used to be the standard barrier, but things are looking a little bit different now, Dave. And it's getting to the point where, for the Vikings, the, that team from Wisconsin is not the only team that we have to worry about. Uh, if you look at how things have gone the past year, and actually the, it, the NFC North is looking like a very deep division right now, where the Vikings might be the the weakest of the four <laughs> right now, which is kind of which is not a great place to be and not a great great feeling for a fan like me. Um, for taking a look at, let's look at the Lions, this year's divisional champion, and and if you want to think about like how the NFC North is becoming more competitive. The past three years, we've had three di- different divisional champions. The, that team from Wisconsin in 2021, the Vikings in 2022, and then this year, the, uh, the Detroit Lions got in there. And um, looking at the Lions, like I think that you could see them com- coming on last year when they won, I think, eight of their last nine games. You weren't really sure if that was real or just them on a hot streak, but I, I think I think they were looking like they were getting strong, particularly when they beat that team from Wisconsin last year in Lambeau with Green Bay having the playoffs on the line and, and they couldn't, you know, and the Lions got it done and beat them and played a great road game. Well, this year they followed that up for sure again, winning the division title. Dan Campbell, great last name. Uh, and, and he's, you know, ankle biter, he, you know. That's right. Yeah. Ankle, you know, biting on ankles and kneecaps or whatever the hell it was he said a few years ago. He's going to get a lot of credit for the turnaround. But I think that the guy that really deserves the kudos for the way Detroit's set up right now is the general manager, Brad Holmes. Um, he only got, got, he came on in 2021. And this guy, particularly at the draft, has been just killing it lately. Uh, if you look at it, he's, you know, that is really is what's led, I think, to what Detroit has become this past year and makes them look like right now that they could be a problem beyond this year. Uh, 2021, he drafts Amon Ross St. Brown, Penny Sewell. That was kind of a no brainer, but hey, he picked him. And then he gets Aleem McNeil uh, in that draft. 2022, Drafts Aiden Hutchinson. Again, a bit of a no-brainer, but the guy at, at Hutchinson has been exactly what they needed and wanted, and he's played exactly the kind of role that he had to play. And they picked up some nice uh, you know, secondary guys along with that. Josh Paschal, who's a pretty nice little guy on their defensive line. Uh, Kirby Joseph, dirty as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know he's a, he's a solid guy in the safety and then last year in the 2023 draft Holmes absolutely crushed it by getting Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs and Brian Branch in their draft and those three guys look like absolute studs and so that in the past three drafts that's a ton of cornerstone players that Brad Holmes has drafted for that team the Lions are young right now they're pretty cheap uh and you know, and Holmes is the guy that has been drafting those, and he's done a great, great job. And you know, he's the one that also pulled the trigger on the Matt Stafford trade that was questioned at the time. But they got, you know, how could you trade Stafford? Well, Stafford wanted out, uh, so but they got 
you know, extra draft capital from him. And they got Jared Goff, which was, we were snickering about it at the time, but it turned out Goff has become the, like the, a real good fit in Detroit for that offense. Now he's got a great offensive line, got some great skill players, but he has made Goff has been what they needed there. And he's on a pretty reasonable contract for now uh, in Detroit. All those cornerstone players, Goff is only 29 this year if they can keep in and, and if he can keep playing at the level that he's played the past couple of years. Detroit, at least for the next four or five years, yeah, injuries could derail them. There could be some other things that could happen, but they're not going to be able to keep all of those young guys that they've drafted if they all become as good as they are right now. They're, they're, they're gonna, some are going to leave uh, for salary cap reasons, but Detroit looks really, really well set up for the next four or five years. Uh, and they're going to be a problem for the Vikings and everybody else in the NFC North division. I said it, I believe it. And it's, it's, it's too, you know, it's, it's too bad. Uh, yeah. It, it, Drew Drew. Drew mentioned he was it. in the notes. Yeah. I, I did mention him as in the 2023 and he's been an excellent pickup for them. Unfortunately for us. Uh, let's look at that team from Wisconsin now, Dave, uh, a little to? bit. Uh, I think we do. Uh, I don't want to, but I think we have to. Uh, week eight, going into week eight of the 2023 season, things were going exactly according to plan for us, Dave. Rodgers was gone. Love was sucking. The defense was really struggling. And it, it, didn't, it looked like a lost season and maybe a lost few years for Green Bay. Well, we know what's happened since then. Love has gone apeshit, uh, playing like like out of his mind. Uh, the offensive line has come together at Green Bay. The defense is still an issue, but they have had games where they have been um, dominant. Uh, even, I don't think last week you could, even last week I would say they were dominant. Now they let up late in the game, but that the game was over by then. But, uh, you know, they have really, really come along. And again, they're looking, I think a lot of, again, a lot. I think Matt LaFleur, one, is a really good head coach, a really good offensive head coach. A great play caller, a great at play design, but I think their general manager Brian Goodkoots—probably pronouncing that wrong—but he again, through drafting and developing something, Green Bay has done very well for a long, long time. He has again, I think, set them up to be uh, uh, for success. They've really, really, and particularly, they've really, really invested in the tight ends and wide receivers the past two years. Drafted Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs in 2022. Uh, drafted Luke M- Musgrave and uh, Tucker Craft, the tight ends, and then Jaden Reed and Dontavia's Knicks in last year's draft. Uh, now, none of those guys are probably going to be uh, putting up the kind of stats that Justin Jefferson does or TJ Hawkinson does, but there's a lot of quality depth there. And you've seen it over the past few weeks as love has gotten better. Those guys have all been contributing and been a problem for teams. Um, I'm not ready to, to, as Danny Green would say, crown Jordan Love's ass right now. Uh, maybe he's just going through a hot streak. He looks really good, but he also looked really bad earlier in the season. May, I want to see what he can do in 2024. But if he pl- continues to play like he's playing now, that is very unfortunate for Viking fans, for everybody else in the NFC North, um, that the, the, the thought that Green Bay could have three excellent quarterbacks over a row, 30, 40 years. Yeah. It's disgusting. It was, it's disgusting, uh, mind-boggling, but you'd have to give them credit if they could do that. 
Uh, I'm just hoping it doesn't happen, but hope is not a plan. But uh, it, that, that, with that offense, if Love can keep on playing like he's playing, then uh, continue that standard. Even if the defense isn't always strong, they're going to have a shot. They're going to be a problem for teams in the NFC North. Finally, let's turn to the Chicago Bears, David. Yes. Um, if you, again, if you haven't been following the NFC North closely or you're not a big Bears fan, you'd probably be like thinking that the Bears were just the Bears this year. Seven and 10 record. You know, what's the right home about, about, about that? But when you consider where they were at the start of the year, where they got like pasted the first three games, they ended up winning four of their last six games. They, they beat the Lions, which the Vikings could not do. Uh, and, you know, you look at their defense was a lot better in the second half of the season. Uh, that secondary in particular is young. If they can re-sign Jalen Johnson, I think they will. It's young and it's very good. Uh, Ryan Poles made a nice midseason trade to get Montez Sweat. It cost him, but Sweat really gave the Bears an ex- some more pass rushing juice, which we saw in the in the game in Minnesota, where mm-hmm. he terrorized Ryan O'Neal. Um, you know, they, the seven and 10 record, they seem, you know, they seem that they're on the upswing too. Now they've got a, Poles has got a huge, huge decision coming up in the draft. They hold two picks in the top 10 and they hold the number one overall pick. Poles has got to decide, is he going to stick with Justin Fields and then trade, make a trade like they did last year with Carolina and really, really uh, add extra draft capital just this year and next year and they could also add a quality veteran or two like they did get in dj Moore that really helps them or is he gonna trade uh decide to stay put at number one draft let's say caleb williams or drake may and then trade justin fields for extra draft capital not going to be as big a haul as he's going to get for the number one pick but they'll get some extra stuff either way I think Poles and the Bears are in a real enviable position right now with the draft. And Poles could get it wrong, and I hope he does. Yeah, but if he gets it right or even half right, again, the Bears are gonna get a lot of gonna get a lot of infusion of talent, young talent, cheap talent that is going to help them improve their team and keep them on that upward trajectory that we saw uh this in the past second half. Uh, so all of those three teams, that team from Wisconsin, the Lions and the Bears uh, in the in 2023 showed that they're improving. They seem to be getting better. Uh, they're getting younger. You, you juxtapose that with the Vikings, Dave. And we, again, we did not, the way the things, injuries were a big part of it, but the way the season went and with all the questions about big questions at quarterback, what are you going to do with Daniil Hunter? Oh, uh, and you know, can we improve as drafters? That you know, the future doesn't look quite as rosy for the Vikings as it seems for the other three teams. And we do appear to be falling behind. Uh, and this is going to be a huge, huge off season for the Vikings as it is for every team, but I think really huge for us to keep up with the Joneses and, and actually get to a, and make the right moves so that not only are we keeping up with them, but we're getting past them. Um, so huge, huge off season, a lot of questions for the Vikings, I don't know if they've got the right answers, but it's going to be, that's going to lead into theme number two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now out of all four teams, cap wise, the best ones sitting are, uh, who is it? Chicago and Detroit. 
we're in there, I think, at third and getting better. We, they're making an effort to do that, and we should be better, even better next year. And, but Green Bay's going to run up to it. They're, they have an effective space of, like, minus $3 million. They're going to have to do some playing in this offseason just to maintain the level they are without anything spectacular happening. happening. So hopefully they screw all that up and screw themselves. So... Because they are Green Bay, and that's what we want. But yes. like you said, hope is not a plan. Well, that brings it us, like, like you said, to theme two. This is the biggie. Is Quasi the right guy? It is a biggie, big question. And I want to thank everybody again for the comments down there. I'm not doing a very good job acknowledging them. I don't think. Oh, they're flying in. (laughs) They are flying in. And I love it. And I didn't mean to miss you, Drew. Of course not. I missed a lot Um, of people. I try to keep up with posting graphics and the chat. It's it's busy, which is cool. I like it. Like when uh, you guys are here. And. And not that you don't do it, but chat with yourselves. Uh, respond to the people that are responding to you, or 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 you got a you got a response to what somebody else posted on there. Do it. That's a good conver- conversation as well. But yes, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, uh, RGM. It was. Um, I did the math, Dave. It was seven hundred and twenty-three days ago that he was named our general manager. Almost two years to, to we're, we're a week out from two years, his two year anniversary being signed. And, and at that time, uh, Ivy, you know, young Ivy league educated wall street, dude, smart, uh, had, uh, you know, had that analytics using analytics to make football decisions. I was really, really stoked to see that when he got hired and stoked to see where he could take the Vikings, what kind of new direction, new views, uh, new ways of doing things that uh, he would employ to make the Vikings the kind of team that we want them to be, which is competing for a Super Bowl, winning the division regularly, making the playoffs, you know, uh, annually and competing for the Super Bowl annually. Um, and so with it almost at the, the two-year anniversary, I feel it's a good time to t- kind of just take a look at Kwesi in those two years and, and kind of make some assessments on how do we think that he's doing uh, for the uh, uh, doing at the job. And so I think that you, when assessing that, you got to look at some context and and what he was left with when Rick Spielman was fired. And the first thing was, is that he was left with a shitty salary cap situation. Uh, one that was going to impact the Vikings at least short term. They had a lot of, they had a, um, you know, a team that had some bloated contracts and not a lot of cap space. And yet he was given the, the mandate from the Wilfs that we're not tearing this down to the studs, Quasi. You've got to take what you've got here and make us competitive every season and while trying to get us to the Super Bowl. Uh, we're not going to put it down to take it down to the studs and then build up and try to get to the Super Bowl. You got to keep us competitive and then get it to get us also get us to the Super Bowl. And you've got to do that with a salary cap situation that is not the envy of the league. Well, that's pretty tough to do. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, 
you got to keep everybody and run it back so we can determine whether it was the coaches and Spielman's problem or if it was something else. And so yeah. he had to, he couldn't disgorge a bunch of people in that first year. He had to keep all these high price vets and go from there. Now that first year we were pretty lucky when it came to a record thirteen and four. All those one score games. Mm-hmm. And I think on the calorie salary cap situation, Dave, that Quasi has done a, a you know a really good job right now. Over the cap has us at uh, with a I think twenty six point three mil uh, of salary cap space. A lot that's going to happen in between now and March. Uh, extensions, um, guys that are going to get uh, take salary cuts to stay on the team, or you know pushing money into the future or whatever they're going to do, uh, but. Quasi has been in the first previous two years. He's always been able, even with a crappy salary cap situation, he's been able to to do enough work to get the Vikings to have a salary cap where they could at least be some you know active in free agency. More so in twenty twenty two than twenty twenty three, but uh, we were able to do things and and address some needs through free agency, and we just didn't sit sit there. I think I also like that what he's taken the approach he's taken with the free agency deals. Now, maybe that's partly because of the salary cap situation, but he's been very careful, I think, to that the free agent deals have been uh, minimal years, reasonable uh, salary, uh, you know, a salary cap um, hits with those years, and they haven't hamstring the Viking salary cap long-term. And I like that. Uh, So I think salary cap-wise and the way he's structured free agent deals – I think he's done a very good job that that way and got us out of salary cap situation and it's improving year into year where in I think by 2025 the Vikings could have a boatload of of free agency of mm-hmm. free agent cap to, or salary cap to do um, whatever they want to do whether it's extend guys that they want that their own guys that they really want or to go after a few odd free agents that they feel can really make a big big impact. Um, so that's the, the the financial side of the thing. I think I think he's done very well. The roster building, player procurement is another matter. Um, let's get to to those. I think the free agency type stuff um, and what he's done. I think that that's as it often is. It's been a mixed bag. I think his best, probably his best free agent uh, signing was Zadarius Smith, but he was only able to keep him for a year, um, and. It, I think Harrison Phillips has been a solid uh, so selection in his two years. Played better this year, a lot better this year than last. Uh, Jordan Hicks, that one had worked out, uh, but it's been a kind of a 50-50 deal. Hicks wasn't very good in 2022, but he was excellent this year. Um, some of the other free agent signings haven't worked out as well. Marcus Davenport, huge bust. Um, Are no, you no, telling you me know, Marcus Davenport was a big fat zero? <laughs> <laughs> not a complete zero, but pretty close. <laughs> um, he did have a, a good game and a half, which is about all he played. Um, Byron Murphy Jr. really struggled this year. I don't know whether that's because uh, he was playing in a defense that uh, was uh, playing tons and tons of zone, and he's more of a strong and, and press man or or what, but uh, he didn't have a really good year. Uh, some of the other guys, Dean Lowry, people like that, uh, Ch- the Chandon Sullivan's, they have not worked out uh, very well. So the, the free agency been a mixed bag, um, some hits, some 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 big misses. Uh, on the trading side of things, 
Um, the two big trades that he's made, I think, have been, uh, again, uh, a mixed bag. TJ Hawkinson deal, excellent for excellent move by by Quasey, even if you take into account the knee injury late in the season, unfortunate as it is, that could keep him out a fair bit in 2024. But even with that's just bad luck, Quasey can't do anything about that. But what TJ Hawkinson has done while he's been in Minnesota has been fantastic, exactly what we needed from the, the tight end position, and that was a great trade. Now the trade to trade down in the draft uh, with Detroit and end up at 32, and you pick up Lewis Seen and a few other extra draft picks, that has been a huge bust. So again, Quasey hit on one, and so far a big miss on one. Um, that takes us to the draft. 2022 draft, looking like a huge bust. Ten players picked right there. Uh, uh, out of that, uh, out of those ten, the only two that are playing very much are Ed Ingram, who looks, and uh, Caleb Evans. Now Ingram looks like he's got a chance to be a solid right guard for the Vikings, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, as a second round pick, that's that would be uh, you know a nice outcome. Um, but uh, Caleb Evans was the weakest player on the Vikings defense last year, in my opinion. Uh, he was benched at the a couple of times uh, in the last couple of games. And I think that he needs to be a backup next year for, <laughs> for the Vikings defense to continue to improve. Uh, so when you look at those two guys, everybody else in that draft is either not on the team anymore or barely contributing. So 2022 draft colossal bust. It's looking like draft for Quasi Dofamensa, not really a feather in his cap. The 2023 draft has been looking a lot better. Of course, Jordan Addison is a keeper. Um, got some things to work on, and we'll get to that when we get to wide receivers in a few weeks, but he's a keeper. The guy in the picture here, Makai Blackman, had a nice rookie year. Uh, he was actually the highest-graded Vikings defensive player, according to PFF, and what I saw from him was a guy that active, pretty good tackler for his size, makes plays on the ball, uh, tough, undersized and that's always going to hurt him but i think that he's got a future as a starter with the vikings and he's going to be a solid player for us and then of course they get uh, ivan pace jr got an absolute steal getting him as an undrafted rookie free agent another guy that i think is going to be uh, a part of the vikings defense for quite a while so that's great those are three really nice additions from your 2023 draft class and undrafted rookie free agent class now the other four guys from that draft class again it was a small draft class uh, dave so and the vikings didn't have a lot of picks in the top 100 so a smaller margin for error for that draft class but those other four guys jaron hall jake and Roy, jay ward Dwayne mcbride will they make an impact on the vikings uh, i've got hopes for particularly jay ward and jake and Roy, but we'll see uh, on that um so a lot of a lot of things going on right now for quasi dofamensa i'd say with you know uh, after two years, I'd probably give him a B as a as far as the job he has done. But I think 2024, this offseason, he's got to absolutely crush it, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. The draft, free agency, a uh, lot of big decisions. What are you going to do with Kirk Cousins? What do you, you've got the number 11 draft pick, the highest we've had in, in, in since uh, 2015. Do you take a swing and trade draft capital? to get move up uh, or do you stay pat or do you move back and trade back and add extra draft capital that you need to 
you know, um, help out with those needs that the Vikings have. What are you going to do with Daniil Hunter? You've got to somehow you've got to resolve the Justin Jefferson contract extension situation so that uh, before that gets messy as the season moves on. So a whole bunch of big stuff that Quasi Dolphins has got to get right in 2024. And if if he gets it right, he could have a long tenure here as general manager in the, with the Vikings. If he doesn't get it right, particularly a quarterback, he might be looking for another job in 2026. Yep, and I don't disagree with you on that. I think he's got a better chance at it. That first draft, as people have no- annotated in the chat, it was Rick Spielman's uh, scouting department that was in there with him. Plus, on the defensive side, you had uh, Donna Shell, who was hired prior to O'Connell, and he was influencing the defensive picks. And obviously, most of those turn out to be. And whether it be the trade to go down to scene, and scene was the guy they wanted, or Asamoah, who uh, may turn into somebody, may not, who was supposedly dealing with a nagging ankle injury. I heard it was ankle that he had surgery on. It confirmed, you know, we get the notice last week that, hey, surgery went well. And we all went, surgery for what? And. Yes. Uh, all that sort of stuff, it's now his, completely his. Last year was his, this year's his, and they're going to trust. Uh, Brian Flores now knows what he is looking for and wants. He obviously influenced last year's draft. He's going to do it again this year quite, quite grandly. How they prioritize, are they going to move up and get a quarterback? Are they going to stick defense first? But you know, either way they go on that, there's going to be a ton of defensive focus when it comes to the draft and free agency this year. And that's going to be influenced by Brian Flores. So it should be interesting to see how this year works out. Now, if we see steady improvement, we know he was handcuffed Quasi was handcuffed in that very first year. If we see steady improvement between the first, we had the first year and then the second year we got improved, and now this being the third year and it's still everything's going up, he's going to be here a while. And hopefully that fills every GM's going to miss on a player or two in the draft. And and you got to remember draft positions, what you expect of a player. I saw, well, Hall isn't that good. Hall's a fifth-round draft pick. He isn't expected to be that good. He's expected to be, you know, basically, if he wasn't a quarterback, to be a special teamer. It takes time for some of these people to develop, and a fifth-round quarterback, you're hoping, becomes a backup. That's the maximum you hope for. And the fifth round is the worst spot to pick a quarterback. So it's... Historically, that is. It's interesting to see if we're going to see improvement this year, and I hope we do, but we're going to find out because it's a very, very interesting draft and an interesting point in Vikings history with a present quarterback that's going to be a free agent and everything else that's going on, how they are going to go. So it's could it be it? Is this, you know, is this regime four years and done? We'll find out. I still, uh, I still have uh, faith in Quasi, and I still um, uh, believe that uh, 
he's he's the guy that can get the job done but uh, that is uh, that is because i you know I, I liked his background i like what he you know how he what he stood for uh, i like the things that he, he said coming into the 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 when he was hired but yeah not everything is not every decision he's made has turned out well uh, he has not not all of his, a lot of his draft picks have not turned out well so far that it's looking at so you know the, the questions arise but uh big 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 off season for him, and uh, but if he get, if the Vikings, if he if Kevin O'Connell get the quarterback uh, decision right, they will be sticking around for a while. Yes, and that's the that's the biggie right there. Find your quarterback and do it right. As I was joking with, uh, or not joking, but saying with some of the guys, I think <laughs> Tyler, if they resign quite or. Um, Kirk, Kirk to two years. Kirk could uh, possibly ushering put a uh, extra notches on his belt for an extra set of GM and head coaches by the time it's done. We'll find <laughs> out. All right, on to theme three. Position review: the running backs. Or lack thereof. Last week, yeah, well, last week we did the quarterbacks. Uh, this week we're doing the running backs. Uh, and um, running back situation, the the Vikings have uh, several holes on their their team that they they need to address, but uh, and need to get better at and improve at in order for the team to. Uh, improve on the seven and 10 record that they had in 2023, but certainly running back has turned out to be one of the biggest uh, positions that they, they, they need to improve in. They need to address somehow. Uh, and Kevin O'Connell's really got to focus on improving the running game because it was, um, it was a bit hamstrung the, the offense all year, that along with the quarterback carousel that we had. Um, but running the running game was, uh, was problem number two. Um, and, Last year, last season, the Vikings finished 29th in rushing yards in the league, which is terrible. And um, one of the reasons that that happened, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that happened is that Kevin O'Connell uh, and Kwesi Adofa who went along with it, made the wrong decision in in uh, deciding that Alexander Madison was going to be the guy to take over as the number one running back um, when they decided to release Dalvin Cook. I do not have any qualms with them releasing Dalvin Cook. I think as we saw this year with how he played against the Jets, the Vikings made absolutely the correct decision in letting go of Dalvin Cook when they did uh, and, and cutting bait there. But they didn't make the right decision, and it was pretty obvious early in keeping Alexander Madison. Uh, and, you know, Maddie just wasn't fast enough, not explosive enough, not elusive enough to be your bell cow running back. Uh, for the Vikings, particularly with some of the blocking that we see <laughs> the offensive line uh, pull off from time to time. Um, and and late in the year, even though Kevin O'Connell did not publicly announce it, uh, he lost his job. Uh, he, he hurt his ankle, but then he lost his job at the end of the year. And he didn't seem to really like that. Um, I was listening to uh, Doogie Wilson on Score North last week, and he talked about how uh, that uh, at, at – 
at the end of the Lions game, um, he approached Madison for an interview and, and Madison just said, no, no, I, I don't want to do it. Turned him down. Uh, and, um, you know, that kind of signaled to me that Madison's not really content with his um, current position on the Vikings. And it was a bit surprising because he's always been, I think, a pretty good guy and not a guy to uh, really be standoffish with the media. So I thought that that was, you know, he's. His, I'm wondering about how his what his mental attitude is going into this season. I know a lot of people want him cut, uh, but the the reality is is that he's the Vikings. Uh, even even if they if they cut him, they almost gain no salary cap relief at all. He's he's got a 4.6 million dollar salary cap hit. And the Vikings will be eating four million of that, no matter when they cut him, if they were to do that. And so that's why I don't think they're going to cut him. And with the way the, the level of attrition at the running back position in the NFL, um, there's probably a case to be made for keeping a guy like Madison, even if he's going to be your backup or your, or your third guy, even if he isn't happy about it. So I see Madison being back next year because uh, largely because. Um, at times, he's shown that he can be effective when he's plugged in to replace the starter from time to time. And also, he doesn't cost very much. And also, if you cut him, you're going to be paying him. He's going to be this, the salary cap hit's going to be the same, and you're not going to gain much salary cap relief anyway. So I don't think his role is going to be, uh, I think his role is going to be minimal, but he'll be back. And if you don't like that as Viking fans, take it up with O'Connell <laughs> and the general manager. <laughs> um, so, the but now the guy who I think will be starting it, based on who we have on the roster right now and under contract, is going to be Ty Chandler, who is the exact opposite of of Madison in that he is very fast, very explosive, and he's got more wiggle and make you miss ability than Matt Matt than than Maddie does. And uh, I do not a great pass blocker right now, and that. Reportedly, is one of the reasons he didn't get on the field as a starter earlier in 2023. But so he's got to work on that. Uh, I do have some concerns with turning over, making Chandler your number one guy next year because he doesn't have a track record as being a guy who can who can be successful at the NFL level and handle 250 carries a year or whatever it's going to be. But Based on again the talent of the all the guys that we have under contract right now, he is the most explosive and the best option, and that's why I think he's going to go into the off season and training camp and start the regular season as our number one guy. Uh, the other guys under contract right now: Kenny Wongwu, Miles Gaskin. I was surprised he's actually under contract for us still. And then there's Dwayne that's McBride. Surprising. Well, Kenny Wong, yeah. Well, Kenny Wongwu is uh, he's just it looks like he's just a kick returner. Uh, he hasn't been able to carve out any role as a as a running back on the team, uh, and with the the kickoff rules right now and kickers booming so many touchbacks, uh, Wangwu's value as a kickoff returner and he's great at it. I think is very minimal. He only had 15 returns this year, and I know he missed a couple of games, but some games he didn't return a kickoff at all. They were all touchbacks. So I I think that his roster spot is he's going to be fighting for a roster spot. It's in jeopardy yeah, because of, it takes a kicker kicking it to him to have a return yeah. or kicking it relatively sh- shallow. A lot most NFL teams now are opting for just blast it through the end zone. Yeah. If they've yeah. got any sort of returner on the opposite side, just blast it through the end zone. And so I'd, I'd be surprised if he's back with the team next year unless he makes a huge leap in his ability to uh, contribute in the running game. Uh, we know he's got speed for miles, but if you don't have a lot of the, other, the rest of the package, it doesn't do you much good at the NFL level. 
Uh, so Wong was there, you know, Gaskin and, and McBride, I think are practice squad guys that'll, that'll stick around there or maybe not their bodies, but, um, but they're not going to be factors. Uh, what about Cam Akers? He is a restricted free agent, which means that he, uh, the Vikings could, I believe, match any offer that he gets, but he's coming off his, I don't see any kind of a market for him. He's, um, coming off, of course, his second Achilles tear and I would, I would expect there would be zero interest in Cam Akers on the market. And I think that the Vikings, if they want to bring him back, they can at a, at a pretty cheap rate. Now, it was interesting. Will Raggetts from SI uh, had a post about this this week. And on Instagram, a Vikings fan kind of asked, would you bring Akers back? And Akers responded <laughs> saying, I think, I think so. So I don't know what that. You know, we don't know what the Vikings brass thinks about Gary Kerr. Will Raggett's formerly of SI? Perhaps, yes, with all the layoffs that have happened at that uh, story mm-hmm. publication. True. But I... Uh, Way to screw it, it up, Sports Illustrated. It's all yeah, I can yeah. say. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Akers' stats while he was here after he got traded from the Rams were pretty, you know, meh, not great. I think we did see some good things from him, both in catching the ball and running it when he was in, he didn't get, he, again, he was behind Madison and didn't really get as many touches as we would have liked. But when he did get him, he didn't like blow the doors off of us for sure. But I think that if, I think the Vikings would have interest bringing him back. He seems to like being in Minnesota. Um, I think they would interest have interest in bringing him back for a look-see, see how he's recovering from the Achilles and if he can help them in 2024 and, and help with the depth in the in the Vikings running back room. I think that you could see him back and it's not going to cost very much. Um, now, free agency-wise, there are some running backs that are set to be free agents that would help. But you can cross Saquon Barkley off the list when he inevitably has his divorce with the Giants because he's going to cost way more than the Vikings would be willing to pay at a devalued running back position these days. Anyway, he's going to sign somewhere, but it won't be here. Um, you know, the other guys, uh, Austin Eckler, um, you're looking at Tony Pollard is set to be a free agent. Um, even lesser known guys like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who had a good year with the Colts this year. Those are all guys that potentially are set to be free agents. And if they don't get, get signed by their current team, they could, they be a veteran with some track record who could help the Vikings a bit and maybe improve the running game. But again, even though the Vikings have more salary cap now than they've had in the previous couple of years heading into free agency. Now, again, with like when you're talking about defense, we need to really address that in free agency in the draft. I see a lot of our resources going on that side of the ball. I, and I, and I don't, I don't see the Vikings at this stage really dipping into free agency to, improve the, the running back situation. And then in the draft, well, okay, you're at 11 now. I, we've got nine picks, which is more than we had last year, but uh, we don't know if we if we trade up, we're going to lose some of that. Uh, we've got, again, lots of needs. You, get, you look at edge, you look at quarterback, uh, interior offensive line even, maybe wide receiver, uh, on the ball linebacker, corner. Those are all things that I'd like to see the Vikings address in the draft and uh, in, in, and, and in some cases, particularly a quarterback and edge early in the draft, uh, I really think of the Vikings, it's going to be addressing running back in the draft is going to be similar to last year. Uh, I think they got to scout the hell out of the running back posi- uh, position for college, see if they can find an undervalued guy um, that they can get in the sixth round, in the seventh round, or 
an undrafted rookie free agent and see if you can strike gold like you did with Ivan Pace. I think that's where they're going to go. The Vikings need a difference maker in the running back room, but I don't think that we're getting one in free agency, you know, one of the big names. And I don't think, definitely don't think we're going to draft a running back in the first round. That ain't happening. It ain't happening in the second round. And I don't see it happening until really day three and late in day three. (laughs) Could. We need something, and it's going to see how it goes. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be addressed late because they're going to focus on defense. Other than the quarterback, they're going to focus on defense mainly in this draft and in the offseason, which needs focus too. But, yes, we could use a better running back. And it all depends how the draft works its way out, how the running backs look in the draft. And I have not looked at them yet, so I can't judge. I know everybody likes that tiny little dude from – Michigan, um, yeah, Cor- Corum, Blake Corum. Yeah, Corum. Um, to me, he's too small. But there's, uh, well, but I, that, I don't know if Drew is still here, but I'd love to get his take on it, uh, Mister Michigan. But I, I would agree with you. I think I've, I haven't seen Corum a ton, but he, he seems like at the college level, he's been like a power back. Well, he ain't going to be able to do that at his size at the NFL Not level. So five foot. What's eight. no. What's his, what's his strength going to be? Like, what's his what's his superpower at the NFL level? I'm not seeing it. There doesn't seem to be at the running back level at the college level this year. There's no Bijan Robinson or even Jameer Gibbs this year. Like that, everybody's touting as a as a guy who you could consider picking right. early in the draft. So uh, it might not be that strong of a running back class either, which also will impact what the Vikings decision in the draft, uh, whether they're going to go after one or whether they're just going to try to take a flyer uh, on signing a couple undrafted rookie free agents and see if they can, again, get a bit lucky there. And and, and again, scout the depend on the lean on their scouting department to really find a couple of hidden gems. Mm -hmm. Yep. And hopefully they will do just that. Well, that- well, Anthony, trade or cut Madison? We already talked about the the cutting is probably a non-starter. The trading, you can't trade a guy who has no value. And I would say Madison has <laughs> no value. Here, you can have him for a bag of sandwiches. Yes. Go to Arby's. Yes. We want this. Um, <laughs> I like a roast beef on Swiss cheese, please. For <laughs> um, for those asking about Harbaugh. From what I gather, very much crazy loves Harbaugh, did at the time. It was that the ownership group, the one dude in there that has the hard on for Harbaugh, um, that's trying to torpedo him up in Michigan and tried to and torpedo him coming to Minnesota, which was the the downfall of why he's not our coach. But and then then you could take well, his personality, how close to his is his personality versus Zim's. Um, but that Quasi very much wanted Harbaugh on the team, and it was that close that we almost had Harbaugh on the team. So, but alas, it didn't happen. We got Kevin O'Connell instead, and so we're going to make Kevin, Mister, make everybody happy, do his job, call plays well, and uh, hopefully grow and become a better head coach in the process. You. That is it. Is there any last words you have, Darren? Uh, I want to just quickly talk um, playoff picks. Um, okay. <laughs> um, 
Plus maybe a little late right now. So, so you heard it here first, Dave, you, you give me, here's how it's going to go over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Baltimore is winning today. The, uh, the 49ers are winning tonight. Lions are going to win tomorrow. And, um, and the bills are going to win tomorrow and it's going to end up being heard here first going to be bills, 49ers in the super bowl. Bills are going to win and get out of the, we lost four super, all the super bowls we played in club that they are in with the Vikings. That's my call. Bills, super bowl chance. Well, Hey, I'm still going with the script that the super bowl logo is purple and red. That means San Francisco and Baltimore in the Super Bowl. We'll find out if if it does if, if Buffalo chokes again, that's going to cause problems in Buffalo. We'll find out and then to watch that game, it's going to be a fun game to watch between them and the Chiefs. I think Buffalo should win, but we're going to see and and I'm rooting for the Texans. The Texans are a great story this year. So we're going to find out. And yes, I hope the Niners put a beat down on that team from Wisconsin as well, just because I can't stand that team from Wisconsin. But I'm a Vikings fan, and that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we need to. Somebody oh, Aaron, yes, yet. we could be wrong. We've been wrong before. Just ask our wives, or in my case, my former one. No, God rest her soul. As far as wrong, yeah, as far as wrong goes. You, you, there'd be no end to the amount of wrong takes you could. If you watch this show, it'd be there'd be a long, long list of wrong takes from me that you could cite. Uh huh. Anybody that's in this business has them. So, anyways, with that, what do we say? We say, "Skull Vikings, baby!" Enjoy your football, everybody, and Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcasts as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.